What's going on, guys? Annoyed Lemon here. Welcome to another episode of the Annoyed Lemon podcast. And we got a lot to talk about. We got a lot to talk about. I didn't record for about a week or so. All right, I had my mother here, and it wasn't happening. It was not going to happen. It was just not going to happen. So, sorry, but I think there was enough uh, content up at that point for you guys to catch up on. So, uh, I also want to say I'm recording by a window that has the window open because I want to sit and look out the window while I record this. Okay. You know, I could be like one of these people and, you know, barricade myself in a room that has all this beautiful, you know, soundproofing this and that and the other, but I don't want to talk for an hour or two staring at the wall. I want to, you know, so, and I have the window open because it's nice. So you can, there's going to be noises because you know how I do, I live, you know, in an apartment building, I live in like a city area and there's going to be horns beeping. So just ignore it. It is what it is. I don't think you guys care. Now, on to some big news. First of all, I'm back. At the time that you're probably listening to this, I am back on TikTok. <gasps> what? I said I would never. And I meant it when I said it. But... The story changed. Let me tell you. Let me take a sip of my coffee. I'm going to tell you what happened. I hope the microphone's working good too because I have a new mic set up. You never know until after you record and go back and listen. I don't know. I think it's all right. Anyways, I'm back on TikTok, guys. I'm back on TikTok because basically I'm going to tell you not everything because I'm going to keep some things private. But first of all... (laughs) I thought my account was completely disabled, banned, whatever they call it. And it was like a couple weeks in and my husband says to me, didn't you have money? Like, didn't you earn money from TikTok? Wasn't a lot, but it was like there was money there from, you know, the different views and all the things, the likes. I said, yeah, I guess. He goes, so what does that mean? They get to keep that money that you earn just because they disabled your account? That's bullshit. So I'm like, I don't know, I guess so. So one day he's like, why don't you try to log in to your account and see, like, maybe you just can't post, but you could get that money out. So I go to log in to the Annoyed Lemon account and it comes up, this account has been, is been deactivated. But then I look at this tiny fine print underneath and it says, you can reactivate this account after May 23rd. 2023 and I was like wait what because I didn't know I didn't even get an email like explaining why my account was banned it just got banned like there was nothing like no communication so I didn't know that it was a 30-day ban I'm not used to this shit so I said oh my god it says I could I could go back into the account on the 23rd of May So, and then I was like, well, I don't think I'm going to make content still because I still had this weird internet creeper shit going on, but at least I could go back in and whatever funds were in my creator fund, it's called, I could take out, which it wasn't a lot. It was $83. Okay. If you're you're thinking about trying to make a career in TikTok, just, okay, $83 fucking dollars. So I was like, all right, good. I go back in, I'll get my $83 out, whatever. 
So about a week ago, right? This is a long story. I'm going to try to make really short because it's complicated. I have another account on TikTok where there's zero content. It's not my name. It's not Annoyed Lemon. It's not even a backup. Is another account because I was missing just scrolling through TikTok. I didn't care about making content. I was missing, you know, you follow creators, there's certain things, you get bored. So I start this new account. I don't have no, you know, whatever. I try to build. I'm like, well, at least I could watch, you know, view TikTok as a viewer. And you know how it syncs when you sign on. It syncs people from your Facebook contacts, from your phone contacts, right? And it says to me, oh, here's all these people synced from your phone contact, not even Facebook, but from my fucking phone. So I have their phone number that, you know, you should be friends with this person or whatever it suggests. And it suggested a bunch of people. And then one of the days I was in there, it goes, oh, here's another person from your phone contact that you should, you know, maybe you want to be friends, suggested friends. And the name, which I ain't going to say, was very similar name to the name that was creeping on me and doing all this shit, talking about my family member's name and shit. And my heart like jumped. I was like, that's almost exactly like the fucking name that said the shit. I'm like, get the fuck out of here like I almost didn't believe it I'm like this is a contact on my fucking phone so then it I go to the thing it syncs it and it says the name of the contact in my phone girl all I'm gonna tell you is obviously it's somebody that I personally know from my life but it wasn't even the crazy family members that I thought it was that was doing it to me but it was someone that knew me um and I don't want to say, like, I guess, like, from one of my, from my first, from p- past relationships is all I'm going to say. But it wasn't the guy that I was in the past relationship with. It was some, it was one of his family members that I have had their number in my phone for probably 18 years because I'm one of those fucking people that don't change my phone number. I've had it forever. I go through hoops to keep my phone number. And I haven't spoken to this person in, I don't even know, probably 18 years, a long time, over a decade. And this is who it was. And they, same thing, had a triple zero account. They must have deactivated their account when they, you know, when I said how the account was gone and I couldn't find it anymore. And then they reactivated it, but they just changed the screen name a very little bit. So, but it was still very familiar to me. It was like almost exactly. And it had no picture though. And I was like, get the fuck out. And I'll never publicly say, and I'll never address this person because this person is so far removed from my life physically and just in general, that people really, all I'm going to say about it is I felt immediate relief that it wasn't some weird internet stranger because then I don't know what to expect, you know, expect from them. And I wasn't sad though, because I don't have a relationship with this person, but 
all I'm going to say is people really be losing their fucking minds on the internet. And also, this person is older than me that did this to me. This isn't like, and I'm 43. So what is that telling you? Like, people are nuts on this fucking internet. And here you have this older person being a fucking creepy, weird internet stalker. Who knows who else they do this shit to? Oh, but uh, excuse me. If you're listening to this person, you probably should make sure that you unsync your fucking phone contacts <laughs> so you don't get caught. Which, what is that is my mistake. When I started my Annoyed Lemon account only in January or February of this year, I didn't right off the bat unsync my contacts. Like, I wasn't even thinking. And so I had my contacts synced for, like, I don't even know how long. Probably, um, like, a couple months. So people, and it wasn't until I got, like, really, really, like, a lot of followers. You know, probably thirty, forty thousand 40,000 followers that I was like, oh, let me try to undo this. But the damage had been done because if, you know, for a couple months. And so that's probably how the person initially even found me is because of the synced contact thing. So anyway, um, you might want to unsync your contacts before you cyber bully people, you fucking weirdo. Anyways, there you go. That's the story. So I said to my husband, I said, that's it. I'm fucking going right back on that account because fuck that shit. Here it was. I was blaming a Disney adult. Maybe they are a Disney adult girl. I don't know. It's been many years. So maybe they are one. (gasps) So that's that story. Okay. Oh, my God. All right. The next thing we're going to get into is this fucking car chase with Prince Harry and Meghan. That shit happened while I was gone this past week. Holy shit. So when the news first broke, I was, like, nervous that one of them got hurt or something. When, you know... So I'm glad to see nobody physically got hurt. And now since then, there's more news that have come out that keeps coming out about the details. So I think they're keeping a lot of the details private also because they're still investigating, I think. But uh, the most one of the most recent details uh, was there was an intense pursuit on FDR Drive. And I know that when like Mayor Eric Adams in New York City first came out and he was like, I don't know where in New York City so you're going to get in a high-speed chase. His stupid ass says something like that. And meanwhile, um, on FDR Drive is where, I believe it was on Halloween in 2000 and, oh God, I'd have to look up the year, several years ago, pre-pandemic, uh, some crazy person ran people down on FDR Drive. It was horrific. Uh, it was like a terrorist attack type of a situation. So... It happened. Yeah, there's plenty of places where you can, maybe not down in Midtown, but there's plenty of places where you can speed in New York City. And so it's come out that um, the pursuit was all over the city, but the most intense part of the pursuit was on FDR Drive, which is a highway, if you don't know. It's on Manhattan's east side. And it's not like the streets of the city. It's a highway. There's no traffic lights and shit. And um, their SUV got up to 80 miles per hour at one point while they were trying to, you know, shake the paparazzi. So, yeah, it was pretty crazy. And they even said that one of the paparazzi cars drove the wrong way down a one-way street just to try to, you know, follow them. So that was crazy. And I'm going to read you a couple more uh, things here. 
Um, so this is coming from Chris Sanchez. And Chris Sanchez is a member of their security team. And he says that he had never seen or experienced anything like this. What we were dealing with was very chaotic. There were about a dozen vehicles, cars, scooters, and bicycles. So they were just like like a fucking swarm of hornets on them, right? And he says the public was definitely in jeopardy at several points during this chase, okay? And it could have been fatal. Obviously, people speeding 80 miles an hour, people going the wrong way, people going up on sidewalks, of course. Happens all the time in New York City, by the way. People get fucking run over walking down the sidewalk. There was just a viral video here uh, recently of a guy plowing into, you might have seen it, those little like outdoor dining setups that we still have in the city sometimes from the pandemic, he just plowed right into him. Someone almost got, so it happens. It can happen. I don't know why people acting like, oh, what could happen in New York? These motherfuckers are just people. And Eric Adams is just some jerk off, is just trying to act like he don't want any bad things pressed to come out about his city. Anyways, so they, he said the public was absolutely, they were jumping curbs, they were running red lights. At one point, they blocked a limousine that was carrying, you know, William, oh girl, Harry and Megan. Uh, they were, there you go, what'd I tell you? Someone's cursing too. <laughs> you know what happens? Just this totally distracted me now. So what happens is my apartment building is attached to a parking garage. And it's public and private. So like certain floors on the parking garage are for the residents and you get a card to go in and out of the garage. But other parts on the floor are public and you got to pay parking. You got to have a ticket. Well, nobody ever does what you're supposed to do in this day and age when you go in a parking garage and pay at the ticket station before you get in your fucking car and go to leave. Because then it's going to want you to put the paid ticket into the thing. No one does it. Even though there's signs everywhere. And so what happens is they go to leave and they can't get the fuck out because they don't have the paid ticket and they get pissed off because the way it works here, you can't back your car back out. It's a whole thing. So you have to, you have to call from this fucking speaker, the people in the, the, anyways, people get pissed off and they blow their horn. Sometimes it gets intense. Okay. It's pretty entertaining. I enjoy it. Okay. Not in the middle of the night. I don't, but. All right, back to Harry and Meghan. So they were chasing him like crazy pictures. Harry and Meghan and her mother were scared. They were exhausted. But, you know, whatever. So it was, it was a crazy moment. Now, um, the guy that's the president of the security team, his name is Tom Buddha, okay? And he was the one that was the main dude responsible for the transportation of Harry and Meghan, right? He told NBC News that evening that it was frightening for them, okay? And the mother was particularly Doria shaken up by the whole thing. Because, you know, Harry's used to a certain amount of it, Meghan's used to a certain amount of it, but I can imagine the mother, Doria, is probably like, are you fucking serious with this shit? Like, my mom would be screaming her head off, freaking out. I know she would. Um... So he said, you know, talking about how Dory was shaken up and they were driving aggressively. They were driving badly. Um, and basically the whole mess of what was going on was because they were just trying to figure out where Harry and Meghan were staying. Because I guess they want pictures of the kids. 
And we now know, well, if you don't know, I'm going to tell you, the majority of the people that were fucking aggressively pursuing them were from the British press. Those motherfuckers came over here. And that's who, I mean, not all of them. I'm sure there was others, but like, that's who the bulk of it was, was the British press. Can you imagine what happened to Harry's mother, to Princess Diana, and the relentless pursuit that happened with her and ended in what it ended in, the tragedy? And then they're like, we're going to do the same thing to them all over the streets of Manhattan. Like at no point any of them are thinking to themselves, this isn't right to be doing. What is going on over there with that fucking British press? It's one thing to have paparazzi photos. It's one thing you're coming in and out of a restaurant and everybody's taking a million photos, you know, like how we do over here with our celebrities. What press over here is chasing people down the street? Now, it used to happen a really long time, like the Britney Spears days. Maybe it still happens here and there with the Kardashians a bit. But for the most part, I feel like in the U the United States press has really calmed down with that crazy shit. Not over there. Not over there. They're like, what's wrong? They're in the public eye. They don't like it. Oh, they're so fucking sick, these people. They really are sick. Um, so Ashley Henson, that's their press secretary, okay? So she said also she never experienced, she's never seen them so vulnerable as they were that night. They were incredibly scared and shaken Um there were even instances where the police confronted the paparazzi and asked them to stop or to give them some more space back it the fuck up um, and do, you know, be safe about it all. But the paparazzi were like, yeah, whatever, NYPD, and just kept going. Oh, my God. So this says here that after about an hour of trying to shake the paparazzi, so the whole reason why it lasted so long is because they didn't want these motherfuckers to know where they were staying. So they were trying to lose them, but they couldn't because, you know, probably also because it is New York City and there are places you could drive fast, but it's not like you're out on the open road here. You know what I mean? So eventually you got to come to a stop. So they couldn't shake them for over an hour. So that's when they decided to go into the 19th precinct, which is on East 67th Street, and they waited there for the thing, thought maybe they would calm down and leave the paparazzi. And then that's where um, around 11 p.m. at night, the Megan and Harry and the mom and the security guard got into a taxi and tried to avoid the paparazzi doing it that way. But we know it didn't work. They kept following them, coming up to the car, taking pictures, because now the taxi driver, he's not going to try to speed away and do all these maneuvers. He's just going to drive his taxi through New York. So all of those photos that you see of them in the car with Harry with the phone holding, that's from inside the taxi, because the taxi driver's just going to drive normal. So that's after the craziness had already occurred, okay? But they kept following them, coming up to the car, everything, like I said. Um, they took pictures whenever we stopped at a light and we were filming us, uh, Harry said, or the, uh, press, uh, the security guard said. Um, so at that point, it wasn't a chase. They never felt physically in danger because they weren't trying to get away from them. Um, it wasn't like a car chase out of a movie or anything like that. This is coming from uh, the, ta the car driver, the taxi driver. 
Um, but he said they seemed quiet and scared in the back of the car. Uh, because now, but he says, oh, but it's New York. It's safe. Bro, what is he talking about? Anyway, <laughs> I mean, New York is safe-ish. But anyway, so I think what he didn't know at that point is what had happened for over an hour before they even got into his cab. They were like shell-shocked by the time they got into his cab, as we know now, okay? Um, what I don't fully understand and what hasn't come out is how did the cab driver, like how did the paparazzi not follow? Cause I don't think they ever figured out where they were staying, did they? Or at least they didn't follow them to the place where they were staying. So I don't know if the paparazzi just gave up after a while. I don't know. Um, or maybe they did follow them to where they were staying, but they just don't release that information. I don't, I don't know. There's no photos of them getting out of the taxi into where they were staying. Girl, I don't know that part of it. Oh, so now, Backgrid, we all know about Backgrid, right? They're a photo agency, and so they're investigating, uh, they said they're investigating these freelance photographers, and that they have a professional responsibility to cover newsworthy events and personalities. So I guess these are the people that would buy these photos. They're kind of like trying to say like, okay, maybe we have a responsibility of how these photos are obtained that we use. We need to like investigate how they got, even got these photos. So they personally had backgrid had three photographers in cars and one on a bicycle that were pursuing Harry and Meghan. And they left a statement. They made a statement. They say, at Backgrid, we value transparency and ethics in journalism, which include providing fair and factual responses to claims. We're aware of Prince Harry's statement regarding an alleged near-catastrophic car chase involving him, Megan, bop, 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 bop. We want to clarify that we've received photos and videos of last night's events from our freelance photographers three of whom were in a car, one was on a bike. It's important to note that these photographers have a professional responsibility to cover newsworthy events and personalities, including Megan and Harry and beep, 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 beep. They're just given a generic thing. Bitch, we know that's what their job is. That's not what he's talking about. He's not mad that pictures were taken of him. He's mad about how they were obtained. According to the accounts given by these freelance contributors, they were covering the couple's stay in New York City including the possible, you know, the possibility of a dinner after the award ceremony. They had no intention of causing any distress or harm as, you know, only their tool, their only tool was a camera, meaning like they don't have weapons. Girl, bye. A few of the photos even show Megan smiling inside the cab. Well, at that point, she's trying to just keep a face on so... Nobody can use her face because she knows there's a 50,000 cameras pointing inside that cab at that moment. I know what picture they're talking about. I'd be sitting there too with kind of like look, trying to make myself look like everything's all right. Oh my God. 
The, the photographers are reporting that one of the F SUVs from Hit Prince Harry's security escort was driving in a manner that could be perceived as reckless. The vehicle was seen blocking off streets, and in one video, it is shown being pulled over by the police. We understand that Prince Harry and Meghan Markle's security detail had to do a job, and we respect their work. We do, however, want to point out that according to the photographers present, there were no near collisions or near crashes during the incident. The photographers have reported feeling that the couple was not in immediate danger. And then they say they don't condone harassment and they take this allegation very seriously. <sighs> so that's it. Um, they are not pursuing any kind of Backrid said it also rejected a legal demand to hand over photos to the royal couple because at one point they asked for that, uh, Meghan and Harry. In America, as I'm sure you know, property belongs to the owner. Yes. he's And then they made a statement like he's used to being from England where you can demand that. Well, that's not the case because there's been many other celebrities that have over the years that have been pursued by paparazzi that demanded the photos back. It's not the first time a celebrity has done that either, by the way. It happens in California a lot. So that's basically what's gone on, okay? It's a he said, she said of who was driving and acting crazy. All I know is if somebody is telling you, I like we were scared, we were threatened, the security is saying it was extremely intense. This ain't the first time Harry and Meghan have been out in fucking public. Maybe it's the first time in a little while, but they know how it should go. And clearly something happened in this event in New York City that was frightening for them. For them, for the people on the streets of the city, for whatever. It was, it was out of control at some point during this chase. The shit was out of control. And Backgrid wasn't the only people that fucking were there. We know there was British press as well. So I can guess who the ones that were the most uh, aggressive. But at the end of the day, if someone's telling you, like, this was unsafe, this was uncomfortable, this was over the top. Celebrities have done this in this, in this country all the time. They've talked about this. This isn't a new thing about the paparazzi chasing people. We know they do. We, how many times you got to hear it from these celebrities? Uh, why can't we just say, you know what? We take the pictures when they're walking in the event. We take the pictures when they're walking out of the event. We, and they wave goodbye and they get in their vehicle. And then we stop. And then we stop with the fucking pictures. Why do, does anyone feel... They have the right to follow people. Even if you're going slow, you're being followed with a camera, taking pictures, taking video. No. It's not normal and it's not just a morally, it's not a good thing to do. It's not, it's, it, normal people don't act like that. Following people with a camera in cars, chasing them on bicycles, on scooters. I don't get it. Take them going in, take them going out, and then that's it. Let them have their night. What are they looking for? What else do you think you're going to see? What, what do you think you're going to see? So fucking weird. I think it's weird. Totally weird. Ugh.
Now, um, there are some people that are calling for the media to do better, right? One of those places, uh, people is called Miss Foundation. Uh, they told this particular, I'm reading an article from Town and Country. They told Town and Country that they were horrified at the actions which occurred during their event. Oh, that's the event. Miss Foundation is the name of the event. I'm sorry that they were attending, um, at, for the women of vision awards, right? They were horrified by it and they are, it's harmful and they feel for Megan and Harry and her mother um, and everyone, especially the media, must do better. That was the statement they've made. Um, their own photographer, uh, Misa Harriman, tweeted, they need to be protected. This is unacceptable and terrifying. They have babies at home. Exactly. And uh, I think it's very unfortunate, someone else says, it's troubling to me that anybody would try to downplay what happened to them and what they mean. This is troubling, and I'm really just sorry it happened and very sorry that they had to go through it. Everybody can have all their opinions, but I always go back to how did they feel in that moment? And that's basically what I'm saying. Like, if they're saying this was fucking crazy and fucked up, if their security details are saying it, and the mother is saying it, and the freaking press secretary saying or whatever, like something happened here. They didn't make it up. Something happened. The NYPD know they were involved in it too. Something happened here. Okay. Of course, Buckingham Palace has no goddamn comment. Because what would their comment be anyway? We're sorry we took away their security detail. They're gonna they're not gonna comment. That that's you know how they they be over there. And of course, there was no arrests made. Um, the NYPD, they did corroborate that the incident occurred. So they're not saying it didn't occur. They're saying, yeah, it occurred. Um, and they assisted the private security team that were, you know, protecting the two of them. So they were there with the security detail. And they said the numerous photographers, this is from the NYPD, the numerous photographers that made it very challenging, their transport, to transport the Sussexes back to where they were staying. So they're admitting it was challenging, okay? The Duke and Duchess of Sussex arrived at their destination and there were no reported collisions or summonses or injuries. Nobody, So nobody got hurt, thank God, okay? But that's it. And of course, we know Mary Eric Adams commented on the events too. He did say... It, somebody could have been injured, but he also kind of downplayed it and goes, how could there be a high-speed chase? But anyways, that is what the, basically happened. Now, if I... Hold on. Let's just see. I want to see if there's anything new in the last couple days because I haven't been keeping up. Um... They're okay, so this was from just a couple days ago from page six. That's not really sorts, but oh, they're denying that it was a PR stunt because there's people that are trying to say it was all a PR stunt. 
this was made up, but it wasn't. All those people that are saying that, it was absolutely not. The NYPD admits something did go down, but they just say nobody got hurt and nobody got arrested. Um, which is crazy to me if, like, people are going up on curbs of sidewalks. But you know what? People do that in New York, too. Like, um, my husband works near embassies in the U.S., and there's certain countries in the U.S., embassies in, in Manhattan, I'm sorry. And there's certain countries out front of their embassy where they drive up onto the sidewalk. Uh, in particular, one that's notorious to do it is <coughs> Russia. <laughs> the Russian embassy in Manhattan has a terrible history of driving up onto the sidewalk out front of the embassy with their diplomats and not so their diplomats don't even have to like cross a street or even walk more than two steps to the door of the of the you know the Russian embassy and it's a big problem and then they even park their motherfucking cars on the sidewalk right and people protest this shit in New York City why are they allowed arrest people give summonses tickets something nothing is ever done they get away with it so while it is something like if me or you took our car and drove it up onto the street and this and that we would get either arrested or a ticket or a summons when it comes to like things like celebrity and news and like i said with the diplomats and shit i don't know why but they don't get in trouble in new york city the nypd doesn't do shit so I don't know what that's about. But anyway, that's the whole story. Let me know what you guys think about it. I'll leave, uh, you know, in the little message box, in the episode there. I don't know if I missed any details. Um, I do know there was details about how some of the first photos that were taken were immediately sent back to, it was like Daily Mail or like British publications were the first to post it so it was made very obvious that the majority of the people that were chasing them were from the British press um there you go that's it Uh, and I'm trying to see they're reading this new little article really quick to see if there's anything new I don't think there's anything new I think I basically got it all but let me know if I missed something that's what I think about it take a picture of them walking in take a picture of them walking out and when they wave and whatever, and then it's over. Why are we following them? Uh, what do you do? Like, that's fucking weird. People can't... What? They're following them. Like, imagine you in your car, and you and you go to a thing, and someone takes a picture of you, and then, like, then they just keep following you with the camera on you while you're driving home. And you're like, what are you doing? It's fucking creepy and weird, man. So, anyway... That's how I feel about it. The next big piece of news I want to talk about is the Vanderpump Rules reunion. Did you just watch it? Did you just fucking watch it? Oh my God. Lala and James were completely on fire. I mean, even to the point where they were like telling Lisa Vanderpump basically without saying it, but they were saying shut the fuck up Lisa (laughs) they were like uh no no Lisa oh my god I couldn't believe it 
it was great. And it was only the first part. We didn't even get Raquel on there. She's in the trailer. She was in the trailer. She can't be present because of Shayna. She'd be like, please. I did just see yesterday. I think it was yesterday. Shayna went to court for something with the restraining order. Because of the type of restraining order they have. She had, you know, Raquel has on her. You got to be personally there for something. I don't know. Anyway, she goes to court with her lawyers. Raquel doesn't even show up to court. So I don't even know what that means. Does, does it still stand? I don't, I don't know. But then can she show up to court if she's got the restraint? Girl, I don't know. What a mess. Uh, what a mess. I don't, I'm not going to, all I'm going to say is like, so Ariana looked fucking Amazing. Amazing. They start out with the one-on-one interview with Tom Sandoval and Ariana and a little bit of uh, Raquel. And I liked that, but also was like, okay, let's get to the where they're all sitting there because that's what we really want to see. Oh, and he comes out, Sandoval, and they were all like fucking on him like sharks and he was the chum it was like like piranhas oh my god and rightfully so but I was just (laughs) I was I was totally laughing and also like (gasps) gasping at the same time oh my god and poor James I can't believe I would ever say that about James Kennedy poor James he is I think he's just as hurt as Ariana in this whole thing He's really hurt by Tom and what Tom did. And also then Tom saying to him, you're not, you called me your brother. I never thought of myself as your brother. Who says that? What an asshole. Oh, he's a worm with a mustache. (laughs) My God. So that was enlightening. That was enlightening. I mean, I knew that. James was upset. I didn't know. I mean, he's still very much upset. Very much to this day upset. And I think a lot of people forget. It's, you know, they were engaged, him and Raquel, James and Raquel. He has every right to be upset about the whole situation. He thought, he thought Tom was his best friend. You know, when it was like a brother, obviously he wasn't. God. And, I, you know, I said in my TikTok, Tom Sandoval, like, I never, I don't know if I said this in my TikTok. I don't think I did. I never liked him. You want to know why? Because all of them have their flaws, right? And they're all a little bit fucking crazy. But even, like, someone like Jax, okay, who has done the most downright dirty dog things, like owns who he is in a weird way like yeah that's who I am like James Kennedy has been a huge dick and done you know whatever it's like they own who they are Tom Sandoval always came off to me as like a car salesman very like trying to be something that he's not like with the outfits and the singing in the band and that, the, like, not that being in a band, you know what I'm saying? Like, he's trying to be this thing. He's very L.A. in that way. Very, like, a fucking phony. And not really being who you really are. I always 
always got that vibe from him. He was always my least liked person on that show, even when there was no drama with him. I just found him to be very like, I don't know. Like if you're a narcissistic prick, like just own that's what you are. It's this weird, I don't like, I never did like him. So there's that. But then the, the affair with Raquel is like, or Rachel, I should say. I don't get it. I think he only began it just out of the feeling of the excitement of cheating and having a new woman. And she's much younger than him. And so that basically, I think, is the only attraction there. Okay, maybe they get drunk together and whatever. Um, and I think what happens is in these situations, and I can speak from experience from my first marriage, okay, which ended because of infidelity, it's done, they like it, not all the cases, but a a lot of these times, the men like it when it is a secret when the when it's when it's cheating when the affair is happening that's what is exciting them most it's almost more about that than about the person that they're doing it with uh, because in this case i mean ariana's a fucking bombshell and you know Raquel, you know Raquel's a beautiful woman too but like You can't go like, oh, he wanted to be with her because she's hotter or like some stupid fucking reasoning like that. It's not about that. I'm telling you, it's all about the excitement of the affair. And mark my fucking words, as some time goes by, those two, Rachel and Tom, they're not going to be together because now it's out. The affair is gone. They might be, you know, together for right now because they don't got no one else in the world that wants to be with them. It's only two of them against the world, so they're going to be with each other. But it's not going to last because the excitement of what he, I don't know about her, but what he wasn't, you know, wanted, it's gone. It's over with. And he's going to get tired of that. Because that's the only reason, in my opinion, why it even started to begin with is his fucked up thoughts of like, I'm at midlife crisis, I'm older, she's this many over a decade younger than me, I can do this on this. Like it was that. It was, it was like exciting for him. So as far as she goes, I am on the fence with Raquel between she is completely something ain't going on fully up there right because the you know the way she responds to questions and says certain things it's like I hate to like I don't want to use the term airhead because that's so like a terrible thing to say about women but it's like something along those lines of like what's going on there or She's completely like this evil thing that knows how to pretend she's a dumbass. Like, dits. And some days I think the one thing and some days I think the other thing. And I don't know. (laughs) I don't know. I haven't totally felt it's been one or the other. I don't know what's going on with that one. Now, I did recently see that she is getting all kinds Not just of obviously hate online and stuff, but like now she's getting terrible death threats, uh, 
disgusting things she's got i think you know law enforcement involved internet stalking all kinds of stuff happening which i'm not surprised uh because look what happened just to stupid old me from someone i used to know from years so i can imagine a story of this magnitude the type of shit you would get sent to you um but you know that is very uh, a scary thing to have to deal with and you don't know who's capable of doing something and who isn't so you know it happens all the time with celebrities and people in the public eye fucking you know first one that comes to mind like nancy pelosi's husband gets fucking shit beat out him with a hammer on his head you know so like you don't know when somebody's w- willing to cross that line into actually doing something so it is scary and i feel for her to have to experience that i think her family's receiving some hate too but um again I don't know. And and it seems like this shit's been going on for a long, long time. Like, what are they talking about? Coachella of 2022, last April, like over a fucking year ago? This shit was something was said? Oh, my God. And that's the part where it's really hard. So, like, when Andy kept trying to ask and he didn't really get the answer, like, why wouldn't you just come out, Tom? And tell Ariana, you you know, you and Raquel had this thing. And they don't really get a, they don't really get an answer. And and people don't understand that. People want to think it's so easy as like, well, I cheated. So now I'm just going to go and I'm just going to say I cheated. And it's going to be, you know, and then you end it. Right? Because that's the logical thing to do. But that rarely happens when someone's having an affair like that. Especially when you're married you're living in this case they were living together they had a house together because there's so much at stake your whole world will crumble and fall apart so that's one of the reasons why people don't say anything because they kind of want to keep the status quo because they like the status quo of the relationship and what they got in like they want to have their cake and they want to eat it too And so that's one of the reasons why nobody says nothing when they cheat. The minute they cheat, they don't go running back and go, hey, I just cheated on you. But the other reason is like what I said earlier is, especially with men, but it can happen with women too. They enjoy, one of the things they enjoy most about the cheating is the excitement of the cheating. And if you just break it up, then you could do, it's not cheating anymore. It's not exciting anymore. It's like, oh, I could be with you whenever I want. I don't have to do this sneaky fucking sneaking around like I'm in a movie shit. Like the excitement goes away when you tell. So that's my opinion, why people don't just come out and tell when they do it. Because it's not so simple as that. (sighs) And then Andy goes into talking about, you know, all of them and how they've all cheated over the years, different things. Why is both coming, why is all coming down on these two? Is that fair? It was a good point, but it is different. Like Lala pointed out, it's not the same thing. This is like a major thing here, Andy, that went on for a long time with best friends. It's fucked up. Uh, I saw this TikTok of this guy who never watched an episode of Vanderpump Rules and only watched the reunion and he made a TikTok. I forget who he is. I think he's a lawyer or something. He made the funniest he was like, so he had a picture of them all sitting there. He goes, this is what I get after only watching this first episode of this reunion. And he points to Lala and James and he says, 
These two right here don't really care about their friend Ariana. They just love to be that they have an uh, okay to totally go after and demolish Tom and Raquel. And they're using this as the catalyst to just trash the shit out of those two people. And I agree with that too, because that is very Lala and James thing to do. Though I do think there is, especially with James, there's some hurt there. Um, Lala at times, some people love her and think she's right all the time. But if you've watched from the very beginning, like she is very, she thinks who she is too, that one. Then he points to Katie, the lawyer, and he says, this one I think is stuck in slow motion. (laughs) That's so fucking true. Oh, God, is that so fucking true? Then he points to Ariana and he's like, yes, of course. Like, we know you're the victim in this one for sure. You know, you have all the right to be pissed, whatever. He's like, but I feel like, you know, you're you're capitalizing pretty hard off this heartache, he says in quotes. You're so heartbroken. So he's questioning, like, are you really that heartbroken or are you loving you know, she's getting a lot of stuff, you know, not just attention, but money from this heartache. So he points that out. Then he goes over to um, Lisa Vanderpump and he's like, I don't understand why she's here. Is she trying to be like the grandma to all these people? <laughs> oh, that's what he says about Lisa. He points to Tom Sandoval and he's like, you are like, this guy here is like, if there was like the last narcissist in the world, it would be this guy. And if there are no more narcissists in the world, that means this guy's dead. So that's what he says about Tom Sandoval. He points to Tom Schwartz and he says, I don't mind this guy. Like, I like him. You know, he's fine. I think he says he's fine. And some people take issue with that because a lot of, some people don't like Schwartz because Schwartz is like, sitting on the fence type guy so he's always like in the middle and he never really takes a stand and he kind of gives everybody the benefit of the doubt and he just wants to get along with everybody and be like the rational minded person and so while that seems like a very normal healthy way to be in a group like he's in where none of them are the way or are that way they're real quick to take a side He always finds himself in these positions where people get mad at him because they call him complacent, they call him this, that, because he's not immediately taken aside. So that is a hard person to be, but it seems like, so he says, you know, he's fine, I like him. I think that's how a lot of people feel about Schwartz. Like, he doesn't really do anything too drastic, you know, when it comes to Vanderpump Rules scandals. He hasn't had anything that outrageous. They've all had their share. Um... And then he point, he points to Sheena and he's like, Shayna, Sheena, whatever. And he, he's like, I don't know who this is and why they're there. Oh, my God. Dying. Oh, and then he says Raquel in the trailer. He says, I think she doesn't know she's actually watching them live. And she thinks she's watching a cartoon. <laughs> oh, my God. This is what this guy. Oh, it's hysterical. If, I don't know if I could find it. Some lawyer, if you've seen it, made me crack up laughing. It was perfect. So anyways, I guess we'll wait and see. They did a little bit at the very end of the episode of like the Sheena, Lala, Katie thing. I don't really care about that. 
Um, Sheena's talking about the husband cut his hair. Like, they, they have to try to put, bring in the other issues that have gone on during the season. But nobody gives a shit. <laughs> we just care about the Tom and Ariana shit. Just bring out Raquel already. Oh, God. So, I guess we'll see. Next week, there's another one, right? Next Wednesday. Oh, boy. I wanted to just go over... Andy Cohen's book, The Daddy Diaries, which I've been saying for a few episodes now, I was going to go over and recap. Now I'm just going to do like a quick little synopsis because there's just so much that has happened since and I got other books that have are coming out. And so I thought, let me just do a quick little synopsis if you're interested and then you can go buy the book. So that's how we're going to deal with it. So Andy Cohen's latest book, is The Daddy Diaries, uh, The Year I Grew Up. And I say latest book because he has a lot of books. If you didn't know, he has really, I don't even know how many. Seven, ten, something like, I mean, he's got a lot of books over the years. So a lot of them, of course, are dealing with housewife drama, but he has a lot of stories. He has been in and around celebrities and the like almost his entire life so there's a lot of stories there especially from when he was young and growing up and stuff so uh but the daddy daddy diaries are basically about him being a dad of two kids now uh his kids names are i'm sorry god i forget the freaking kids names oh my god when's kids names hold on a minute now I gotta look. Ben, that's right. Shit. I'm sorry. I'm sorry, Andy. Ben and Lucy. Here we go. So he's dad of two kids now. And um, basically, the, the whole book is about, you know, it's kind of the year he's, like he says, the year he grew up. And in it, he talks about how tired he felt how scattered he felt um how also joy and like gratitude all these feelings stressed anxious um how he could process these new feelings uh, and and deal with all the craziness that like I said that comes with being a parent and all those feelings I just explained and then the next day like having to like run his business and be on TV and be on radio and be on this and da, 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 and all this stuff. And, and you know how hard that is to like switch it on and off, which is what we all have to do. Andy Cohen, no matter what uh, job we have. But anyway, so basically that's the gist of the whole book. Um, you know, one of the things he talks about is like how, different feuds with housewives can come and go nannies come and go feuds with friends and families can come and go men and lovers or whoever can come and go but at the end of the day what he always will have now is the love that he has for his two children and the excitement that he now has to share the world with these two little humans right and so that's like that will always be there no matter what the craziness comes and goes um, he talks about taking them into some of his favorite restaurants. He talks about some of his friends and he, 
how he's excited for one of them at one point getting on the Hollywood star walk of fame. Um, but he doesn't do a ton of name dropping in this book as in previous books. If you know, from Andy Cohen's books, he would name drop like crazy. And he was kind of like criticized for that. And so in this one, he doesn't, he, he just says, Oh, my fa- my friend got a star on the Hollywood walk of fame. He doesn't name them. So like he's keeping it, but he's still kind of name dropping, but not really. Uh, so, you know, that's it. I'm trying to think of other things that happened from the book. I read it like three weeks ago. Um, he says he doesn't want to talk about, and he tries not to talk about the gossip about his love life because there's always some gossip about who he's with or who he's not with or whatever. Um, he just, you know, so he doesn't share about that. And he's, I'm trying to think what else he said. So talks about himself as a single working parent a lot, which I thought was a little, again, funny because he is single, but like when we as like regular folks, I hate to say that, but it's true. Like talk about being a single parent. It's coming from a place of like, because we have to do all the things ourselves. There's no other person there to rely on as a partner to help. Not just emotionally, but like physically fucking help when you have kids. Pick them up from school, take them to the doctor, do the homework, do the bath, make the dinner, clean the house, make the money. And he talks about it as a way from like, he's just single. I'm a single parent. But it's kind of not the same thing because he's got a million people to do all these fucking things for him. Nannies and housekeepers and everyone else. So, you know, but it's Andy Cohen. So you got to like, I don't know. I don't know. Would I, you know, it was all right. It's quick. His books are real quick. He writes them literally like diaries. You know, how you would write in your diary. So they're fast, easy reads. If you want to go out and read it, I mean, I don't know. So, like, for example, like, one of the... I'm bringing up because I read it on my Kindle here. Um, I'll read you one little one little blip from it, and then you can decide if it's something you want to get into. So, it's literally like a diary. So, he says, like, the date. So, this, you know, in the time and the year, whatever. And he says, uh, considering how much... So, this was Saturday, January 1st, 2022... New York City. That's how he does it. And it says, considering how much I drank and how little I slept, I should have woken up with a massive hangover this morning. But I was wired and spry. Anderson and I had so much fun last night, because of course, this is the day after New Year's. I think it was a great show, despite the awkward satellite delays, which had me sputtering and interrupting more than normal, and the rants. The rants. I felt so good about the rants, ranting on CNN, about ridiculous things, Diana, the musical, dancing AIDS patients, Mark Zuckerberg slowly killing our souls, oh, and fake journey. They performed on the Seacrest stage behind us and I got covered in confetti and started feeling a way about them and said they were propaganda and not real journey without or not real journey without Steve Perry. Side note, when you start calling something propaganda, chances are you're drunk. So he goes into that rant about de Blasio, you know that famous rant about what he did. Uh, he says once again I ruined midnight by torturing us or he said de Blasio once again ruined midnight by torturing us with his dancing. 
After eight, I said, four horrible years as mayor. Ugh, the city has gone downhill under him. Fuck that. Blah, blah, blah. So that's basically what how the book goes. And he just talks about how pissed off he was about to Blasi. So that's it. You want to go into it and read it. It's hard for me to like recap it because it's like a diary situation. There you go. That's Andy Cohen's new book, The Daddy Diaries. I don't think it's doing too good. I don't think it's doing too good. Let's see the reviews it's getting. You want to read the reviews? Mm. <sighs> eh, they're okay. People like that he's sharing all these, because in the book he shares a lot of little tender moments with his kids, which is something new, obviously, as a new dad. He's experiencing, and so that's nice. Um, I think for the most part, people listen to Andy or read Andy Cohen's books for all the tea on the housewife shit. So when you don't really have a ton of that, it's like, mm. you know, he goes into, you know, he's very funny explaining the different things that happen when you're a parent and fatherhood and all the crazy shit that goes with it. So you can laugh with that. But um, as far as like tea, there's not a ton of tea which is why I think most people read his books is for that tea there wasn't a lot of tea it was just him bitching about being a dad and all the crazy shit that happened in a year so there you go that's my little synopsis on Andy Cohen's The Daddy Diaries one of the last things I'm going to talk about in this episode is the next book I'm going to be going over in about a little over a week and it's an important book it's Elliot Page's book called Page Boy. It is being released on June 6th. You know that I have pre-ordered this book a long time ago, the audio version, and I've been waiting for it. Now, I talked about this a couple months ago. I've been waiting for this memoir. Uh, we do have a little bit of information, as with all these celebrity memoirs that comes out before they actually, you know, the book is released. So we'll talk a little bit about what we know right now about Elliot's book. So uh, he actually did release the first chapter in the book, but I'm not going to do it in my way over the first. I'm going to wait till the whole thing comes out and then do it all in one shot. Right. But we'll just talk a little about the articles that have been written right now. One of, you know, so it says here in page boy. Elliot traces his path from Canadian child star to Oscar nominee for Juno to a proud trans man. And he says, I feel the best I've ever felt. Okay, so that's basically, he goes his whole life story. And um, it's a very deeply personable, personable, oh God, it's a deeply personal story. And it promises to discuss Paige's relationship with his body his experiences as one of the most famous trans people in the world. And he will cover mental health, assault, love, relationships, sex, and the cesspool that Hollywood can be. Now, I've said this, you guys know how many times when a celebrity releases their memoir, a memoir, there's going to be sensitive subject matter in it because nobody wants to hear the life story of somebody that's like, yeah, my life was great. I woke up, I ate toast, I went to the park, I did a movie, and then I went and laid on a beach. Like, no, we want to hear. So they're always going to tell you some crazy shit. So there will be 
like I, it's mentioned here, assault in there. And I, I knew because they all have some form of crazy trauma. I'm sorry. I'm not saying that to be like nasty. I'm just being honest. They all do. So as I, as I suspected, this one does too. So uh, Elliot Page is 36 now and admits to being a little nervous about releasing this memoir. And he says he's slightly overwhelmed, um, but grateful. But it is a nerve-wracking thing, I can imagine, for your whole story to be told like this. He says he didn't think he could write a book. Books, uh, particularly memoirs, have really shifted my life, offered me inspiration, comfort. They've been humbling, all of those things. And I think this period of not just hate, but of course, misinformation or just blatant lies about the LGBTQ plus community, our lives and about our healthcare, it felt like the right time. Trans and queer stories are so often picked apart or worst, universalized. So the first chapter of Page Boy ex excerpts, he says, I just sat down and it came out and I just didn't stop. I just kept on writing. I'm not, again, I'm not going to go over that. I'm going to do it all in one shot. Okay. Um, but if you want to go on and read the first chapter, it's online. I think you don't have to pay for it. I'm not sure. Um, he says that he knows his personal experience in, is not that of most of his community, right? He says, my experience as a trans person and this life I have and the privilege I have does not represent the reality of most trans lives. Uh, nevertheless, representation and visibility are important, he says. I think it's crucial. I think we need to feel represented and see ourselves. That's not something I had as a kid. The reality is trans people disproportionately are unemployed, disproportionately experience homelessness. Trans women of color are being murdered. People are losing their health care or couldn't even access it. So some important topics here. Uh, but to be clear, it's not like they say Elliot's Page's journey has been easy, even though he has this immense privilege of fame and wealth. Uh, there's obviously been very difficult moments, he says. I do feel like uh, kind of I've barely made it at times in a lot of ways. But today, I'm just me, and I'm grateful to be here and alive and taking one step at a time. And his fans can remember his fame really began with a little movie in 2007 called Juno and like it's like one of the best fucking movies. I can't tell you like when that movie came out uh everyone I knew was talking about this fucking movie Juno. Every all my friends I watched it multiple times. It's such a great movie. If you have never watched the movie Juno, please go fucking watch it. So he says that like with the fame of Juno, he was at the same time privately navigating his own identity. Um, so that's crazy. You know, it's been going, it's not like this was a new thing. It's going on his whole life. And then this is from article from a day ago from People Magazine. So, uh, and they go ahead and release, oh, they released the whole chapter? Yes, this is part of the first chapter in this article. Again, I'm not going to read it. I'm not going to read it. 
Um, Ellie Page is going to be on a book tour. It begins the day the book is released, which is June 6th in New York City. And then from there, he goes all the way over back to what, uh, Los Angeles and does on June 8th an event there. Then he goes to San Francisco and then Wisconsin and then Washington, D.C. So for about two weeks, he's going all over the place. If you want to see him, get a book signed. There you go. Uh, he has Instagram. I don't know if Elliot Page has a TikTok. I don't think he does. So um, this is a little cool excerpt from his Instagram post. He says, writing a book has come up a few times over the years, but it never felt right. And quite frankly, it didn't feel possible. I could barely sit still, let alone focus enough to completely write a book. It's such a task. At last, I can be with myself in this body. So I've written a book about my story. It's out in June. I'm so excited to share its cover with you. Um, this is him when he was showing the cover. At many points in my life, it felt unbearable to be in front of a camera, but making this cover with acclaimed photographer, Catherine Opie, was a joyful experience that I will never forget. Trans people are facing increasing attacks from physical violence to the banning of healthcare, and our humanity is regularly debated in the media. The act of writing, reading, and sharing the multitude of our experiences is an important step in standing up to those who wish to silence and harm us. Books have helped me, saved me even. So I hope this can help someone less fortunate who feels alone, Feel, so they feel seen no matter who they are or what path they are on. There you go, guys. So again, it'll be out June 6th. I'm going to listen to the audio version uh, probably within the next day or two after that release podcast episode. I will go over the whole thing on the podcast, but I will be releasing some TikToks about like the biggest parts of the book. But I'm not going to do that thing that I used to do on TikTok where I did like part 67, part 60. I'm not going to do that. So the bulk of me talking about the book will be on the podcast here. All right? Because it's just easier when these, these long. But I will put content on TikTok as well. All right. There you go. Elliot Page's book, which, by the way, I fully expect to receive comments because I already did put up a TikTok that I was going to be doing Elliot's book, just a quick little one. And there was like, not a lot, but like one or two jerk offs with their dumb little stupid comments. You know, I am not engaging with any of that. I'm not getting in debate with stupid internet people about this shit because you know, shit ain't going to go nowhere. So uh, if I see something disgusting, it will be deleted. TikTok has, does a pretty good job of catching those gross comments too. And, you know, getting rid of them. But um, don't get yourself all twisted up in the comments with people in arguments. If you do see anything when I make some TikToks about this. Because there ain't nothing, especially with what's going on now with Target shit. There's nothing you're going to be able to say to change anyone's mind one way or this way. I am a person that loves... I've always said it. I'm a yenta. I love chisme. I love not just gossip, but I love people's stories and I love telling stories. And I don't care what those stories are. 
right? I'm not given a political stance here, though, of course, I uh, support the LGBTQ plus community. I think it's an important story to listen to Elliot Page's memoir. I can imagine there's some uh, great things to learn and heartbreaking things to learn. And to be in a position where you're also in Hollywood dealing with this, I'm interested to hear what kind of responses he's gotten from Hollywood. Though we do know he is obviously still working. I mean, I I love the show, The Umbrella Academy, and he does great there. So like, you know, but I'm sure there's some crazy stories that aren't so great from Hollywood's reaction to him. So anyways, it's going to be a great story. I'm interested. I hope you guys are excited about it too. And um, like I said, I've been a fan from Elliot Page since 2007 Juno. It's a fucking great movie. Go watch it. And a lot of other movies that he's been in. So, all right, there you go, guys. One of the last things I want to talk about uh, before I go for this Memorial Day weekend celebration festivities is uh, I want to thank you for all the emails and messages you guys new little messages you know you could put a message in each in each uh, episode here thank you so much i have not responded to every email that i've gotten but i have read every single one i uh, appreciate you guys letting me know how much you enjoy me and i also appreciate appreciate you guys sharing your personal stories with me. Some of you have shared some very personal stories. I'm just going to say thanks to a few people by first name only. So I want to say thank you to Dawn and Erica, uh, to Angie, to Heather, to... Hold on. I got the names listed here. Give me a second. Pamela, even um, funny things that you might send me to Martian. uh, Who else do I have here? Pamela again. Guys, just know, oh wait, here's this person. Henry, thank you, Henry. Christy, I want you all to know, I'm reading these emails that I get. Thank you so much. Did I say Heather? Thank you. Nancy, thank you. Um, And even if I don't respond to you, don't think, oh, Susan. Girl, I'm sorry. They keep, (laughs) Susan, if I don't respond, it doesn't mean I didn't listen or that I don't care. I absolutely read every single one. Uh, And the messages you guys send me on the Spotify app. I post them like you know, if you don't use your full name, I will post them up there. But I also read every single one of those I do. So thank you all for reaching out. I'm glad to be back over on TikTok. And you know, you can comment on there and I respond on there as well. Um, Yeah, so we're back to business over here. Have a great Memorial Day weekend. Thank God I can't wait for my kid to be out of fucking school because you know why I think we've had every sickness in the world this school year and I've had enough of it and I'm just like that's it can we have a couple months of health thank you okay enjoy the weekend guys 
Hey guys, I just wanted to say thank you for listening to this episode of the Annoyed Lemon podcast. I truly appreciate all your support. If you wanted to reach out to me, my email is annoyedlemontt at proton.me. You can reach out to me there. You can also reply each episode to the little question that I put attached to the episode. There's a reply button and send me a message there. I cannot reply back, but I will be reading some of these messages in the next episode on the podcast. And I for sure read every single one in private. So you can also support this podcast by sharing it with your friends and family and coworkers. That's probably one of the best ways you can support the podcast if you wanted to. So thank you. And finally, Finally, there is a new feature here on Spotify for podcasters called Listener Support. You can click on that if you feel moved to do so. And that is a monthly monetary amount that you choose that you want to help support the podcast with. And it's totally not necessary, but it's highly appreciated if you choose to do so. And I will give you a shout out personally in the next episode. And thank you, thank you, thank you so much if you choose to do that. So, all right, guys, again, thanks so much for all of your support. I love it. And I love to see where this podcast is going to go in the future. And I'm glad that you're here with me to watch it grow. Thanks.